Well, welcome. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs, and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. We're going to talk about other sponsors throughout the show as well, including Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. We're very grateful for all of our sponsors that make this show possible. Um, before we get to our studio guests, let's talk a little bit about last week. Of course, we're right in the mix of it. Um, the blue and gold, pink and white Lady Classic tournaments, we dove into those. We had Mike Percival here from Greenwood, and we um, and we had Don Luzader here talking about the blue and gold. And, Logan, we're right in the middle of it. There's a lot of action going on right now. If you're a high school basketball fan, you know, why are you not in a gym right now with headphones on listening to this show? Yeah, the answer for me is because you mentioned Don Luzader's at the Blue and Gold, and somebody <laughs> had to be here to fill in for him. So that's why I'm here and not at the Blue and Gold. But you raise a good point. It's such a – both tournaments, the Blue and Gold, the Pink and White, are such a good collection of talent, you know, from right here in southwest Missouri as well as from other areas, other states, you know, teams from Arkansas and up north are, are competing in this event as well, and I think the the most beautiful part about a tournament like this is it it gives you those David versus Goliath matchups every once in a while. You know, you'll see a class two school battling a class five school or a class one against a class six, and you don't normally see things like that. You won't see those in a state tournament or in a regular season game. And you give opportunities for these small schools to be able to go out and beat the the big school, the one that always gets talked about, the the you know one the one that always gets the spotlight. And be able to put that feather in your cap a little bit and to have a tournament like that right here in this area that's been going on and been so successful for so long, 76 years, since 1947. That's absolutely insane to me that the blue and gold's been going on that long. Yes. That's three times my age. <laughs> right? <laughs> three times your age. And the pink and white is as old as I am. It started in 1972. And it's a, a great tournament as well. And I might, you know, and they get to play on this stage. I'm, you know, at Drury University for the pink and white lady classic. They get to play over at Hammond Student Center and the great Southern Bank Arena on campus of Missouri State. And that that's a great element as well to be able to play on those stages. Yeah, been on, I played on those stages when I was in high school. Now, summer tournaments and things like that where there was really no fans in attendance. But to be able to go out and be on the floor at Great Southern Bank Arena and look up and see that atmosphere. Um, you know, people from Springfield, I don't know, maybe you guys are spoiled, but that is not a normal college basketball arena. I'll, I'll have anybody know that thing is high major college basketball NBA level arena the way that that thing is put together so for kids like that to be able to go down and experience something like that truly truly special it's very cool it's very cool well if you want to listen to that episode you can go to a coach's perspective.com listen to it or on apple podcast spotify or on helium satellite radio all of those under a coach's perspective so this is a perfect segue i mean making memories in tournaments like this making memories we're going to talk a little bit tonight about um you know, what you can get out of sports. I know that sounds really funny because on this show, we talk about it constantly about how sports mirror life. And we're going to talk with, um, it's a very selfish show. These are two of my former players. Um, and we're going to discuss an article about 25 things only girls who grew up playing basketball know to be true. And this is an article that has circulated around for the last year. And there is a, there's a lot of truth to this. And I'm, I'm really excited to be able to talk about some of the lessons now that's, that these two players have, have grown um, personally and professionally and been successful in both areas. We're going to talk a little bit about that and how sports helped them do that. Anybody listening, you can relate to this. 
Um, the article focuses on girls' basketball, but it is relatable to, to every sport. So you're going to see a lot of parallels to that. So I want to first welcome uh, Amesa J. Kleinlein, who made me look really smart at Greenwood Laboratory School. Um, she graduated um, back in the late 90s, and her class, her senior class, was the winningest class that had ever gone through Greenwood Laboratory School. Um, we played for the state championship. We won the state sportsmanship award. Um, she not only was successful as far as all district and all state, but an interesting statistic on a Mesa is that her junior and senior year, she had seven game-winning shots. So she was that clutch player you wanted the ball in her hands, and I'm so excited to have her here. So welcome, Amesa. Well, thank you. I, it's it's great to be here. I appreciate you uh, extending the invitation for me to come here. Well, and there's no baseline, so no need to worry. No push-ups. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to have fun and, and talk a little bit about um, your playing days at Greenwood and, and how that has helped you. And then I also have from, I, I spent my coaching career eight years at Greenwood Laboratory School and then 16 years at Hillcrest High School. And I had a player there that made me look very smart as well. Um, Kelsey Cleeton is here. She played at Hillcrest High School, an all-state player. She rewrote the record book. Uh, a very decorated career, also an all-state player. Then she goes to College of the Ozarks, was a three-time All-American. She already has her jersey, already has her jersey retired at College of the Ozarks. Um, and she just graduated from there in 2019, which is pretty incredible. They did not wait very long. And her senior night, this is one of the... Um, most unique performances I've seen. Her senior night at College of the Ozarks, she had a quadruple double. You just do not see that very often. Um, I, I was absolutely amazed at how she continued every year to get better and better. So welcome to the show, Kelsey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Well, I, I'm very excited to kind of pick your brains. We're going to talk about um, this article written by Stephanie Hankenmeyer. And it's been reposted by a lot of different people, but it's got some different lessons. And I, I think that's something, it, it's kind of a reminiscing of looking back and empowering yourself to realize how much you learned through playing sports. Um, so, uh, you know, Macy, you played um, several sports. Tell me a little bit about why it was important for you to be a part of competitive teams. Well, I uh, I have my, my older brother probably to thank for that because I, I grew up um, – trying to keep up with him, and he was three years older, so played a, a lot of sports on the boys' teams in elementary school, baseball, and, you know, schoolyard football and, and basketball, <laughs> and uh, then in high school, <clears throat> basketball and tennis and, and basketball in college. But, um, you know, team sports, it, it, there's just so many life lessons uh, that I don't think as a child or in you know high school athlete that they really have any understanding of what those lessons are until after uh, they – Removed 30-plus years. <laughs> right. Well, your brother, Tori, shout out to him yeah. as well. Very energetic individual. Not on, yes. Uh, not only, you know, in his own right, an athlete, but he was such a super fan for us as well. I felt like he was a sixth man on the floor the way he was. He was so passionate when he was cheering for us. He uh, was not that nice when we were little. I just want to <laughs> say that right now. But I actually told him yesterday uh, at the Christmas dinner that uh, I have him to thank for my toughness because – he was really mean and a yeah. huge jerk to me growing up. So I do appreciate that now, Tori. I can so relate. Greg and Jeff, I hope you're listening. Yep. But yes, I can relate to that. Um, he, he did make you tough, uh, but, but you also have an inner stubbornness yourself. Um, and I think that's one of the things that also fueled your competitiveness. Um, when I talked about you, you know, having seven game-winning shots, which is an incredible statistic, 
um, you wanted the ball in your hands. And I think that's something that, you know, that competitiveness and that drive, um, if you could bottle that up, think about what kind of um, empowerment you could give people. Well, I think, um, you know, as a team sport, and especially, you know, playing a, a point guard or shooting guard, you want to try to involve your team um, as much as you can and get everybody plugged in. But um, I uh, might be a bit of a control freak. And, um, you know, I there's just nothing better than the pressure of, uh, you know, the last few seconds and, you know, seeing what can happen. Seeing that ball you know, go through the net. Fortunately, I had a lot of pure dumb luck and some great teammates <laughs> that, that were able to give me the ball and, in the right place at the right time, and it just, uh, I'll take look, good luck anytime. So. Well, including a running NBA range three pointer on one foot in a state championship game, banked it in for us to go into overtime. That was a pretty incredible, incredible shot. Um, well, speaking of control freaks, Kelsey, <laughs> as <laughs> I bring you in on this, <laughs> and, 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 to, and to be honest, I, I mean that as the utmost compliment because yes. when you're on the floor, um, and you're a point guard, and as she was saying, point guards, shooting guards, they, they've got to have some control. They've got to be the coaches out on the floor. And what you did um, and how you contributed to your teams as you were growing up, whatever sport it was, um, that's something that I think was a special element for you, is that you were always in control, you were always thinking, you were always strategic. Um, I mean, you, you try to put in a practice drill with this gal. I mean, she was going to find a loop, but she was going to find a way to win. She was going to find a way to win. She was a, she was a player. She was a ref. She was a coach. And, and I love that about how your brain works. Um, but what is it about being in competitive sports that you loved so much? Man, I don't know. I think growing up, me and my twin were put in, uh, put in a, in an early age of playing against, boys we grew up playing against boys kind of like you and i just think it it taught us that doesn't matter who you're going against um you know we're gonna rise to the occasion and so i just i just love to win it doesn't matter what i'm doing i'm always trying to be the best i can be and um elevate those who were playing with me so don't even play board games with no (laughs) (laughs) well and a shout out to kaylin your twin who also made me look smart a very talented player as well i always loved um i mean how she would shoot how she would play defense i mean she did uh, rebounding she was just a a great player i had to tie her shoes before the game yeah but that was our that was a good (laughs) luck charm and she always played really well and um, i loved coaching her as well um, so, so if we're looking at, you know, specifically basketball, but really you could relate it to all sports, but why, why did you all pick basketball? Kelsey, I'll start with you on that. Why did you pick the sport of basketball for the one for you to be, um, to excel in? I just think I enjoyed the community part, like playing together. And, um, it takes everyone, like it takes the coaches, it takes good teammates to be, um, you know, to play well and, I just love that, and I love how each player kind of has the job, and it comes together. And I just wanted to to win, and I love playing defense, and all that goes to it. I think it's a mental sport, and um, not everyone can can play it. And so I just love that about it, and it's just so fun to play. So it is, it is, and I think the more competitive it is. Um are fun. I mean, there were games where, you know, if we'd beat opponents by 30, yes, we got the win and that was fun. Let's go to the next game. But, you know, there was other games where we won in triple overtime one time for the uh, a pink and white trophy. Yeah. Um, things like that are just, you know, those types of games. Um, there's such a rush. Um, and right. I, I think that's something that is so valuable that, that you've got to make sure you're capturing those moments to, 
to put into your reserves. What about you, Amaso? Why do you think basketball was a specific sport you excelled in? Well, I think early on, uh, well, I was told by my mom that, uh, you know, I was dribbling the ball when I was two. And so I think it's something, it's a sport that you can play kind of by yourself. You can can practice. I mentioned my older brother. I mean, we could play one-on-one with a goal and a ball. You know, it's just, it's hard to do that with football or, you know, soccer you can kind of. But um, so I think early on it it was a, a sport that, you know, it, was a local sport that you know I could play with my friends at school, and um, you know I just grew to love it. You know, and you know it, there's just not the rush. I mean, the I've played the other sports. I just um, that just seemed to be the one that really I was passionate about. Constant action. Helps. Oh yeah, gotta love that constant action. All right, well we're gonna look at this article. We're gonna talk about some of these lessons. We're gonna take our first break though, and when we come back, we'll continue with the Mesa. Fine line. I'm going to have to say a Mesa J as, as much as possible. <laughs> Hope uh, Chad forgives me, but a Mesa J because I said that for Mesa J, get over here. <laughs> a Mesa Klein line and Kelsey Cleeton. Uh, we will be right back. Thank you to Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be back on a coach's perspective. Coach's Perspective. Uh, this segment sponsored by Highland Dairy. They're owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies, professional dietitians. They all agree that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk, and Highland Dairy has the best-tasting chocolate. And they're a proud sponsor of a Coach's Perspective. Um, I know chocolate milk is an important factor, and I'm sure that both of you drank some chocolate milk in your athletic careers, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have a Mesa Klein line here, and I have Kelsey Cleeton. Uh, this is a little bit of a selfish show because we're, we're talking with two of my former players. Um, a Mesa played for me at Greenwood Laboratory School. Um, Kelsey Cleeton played for me at Hillcrest High School. And we're talking a little bit about the lessons that you learn growing up playing sports. We talk about that often. There's a great article uh, written by, by Stephanie Hankenmeyer, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of these things. And then, and then, they're going to add to the list, you know, they're going to add to the list. And then I would be interested to know what your list is, is like, because, you know, this doesn't cover everything. It's a pretty good article, but it doesn't cover everything. So let's get to it. Um, we, you know, the first thing that she talked about was um, the scars. You're beyond proud of your scars, um, your battle wounds, um, those types of things, you know, just getting on the hardwood and, and having some of those scars. That's great. Um, and I think that's one of the things too, that, um, you know, a lot of players, they've got to give themselves to the game. You can't be one foot in, one foot out, afraid to get hurt. Sometimes you just got to embrace the scars. Mesa, you agree? I agree wholeheartedly with that. Uh, had, <laughs> I had a lot of had a lot of scars. Uh, my mom wasn't a fan of. She wanted me to have plastic surgery to remove them because it wasn't real girly. But, <laughs> uh, it was a badge of courage, you yeah. know, absolutely. Badge of courage, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, the love-hate relationship with your coach. We're going to go right past that into, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but that is something, too, that, that I remember with coaches is, you know, that, that I knew that if they had my best interest and I trusted them with that, um, they, they, they could coach me however they wanted to coach me. Um, I, I, I was, like, unconditional. 
And I think that's something, too, that I learned as a player as well, is, is if I can get that trust with a coach, I'll run through a wall and I'll do anything that I can. Um, and I know that you all had, besides me, you all, you all had other coaches as well. Um, and I think that relationship is really important to be able to find that trusting relationship so you can give yourself to their guidance. What do you think about that, Kelsey Clayton? Yeah, I 100% agree. I think, you know, coaches are there to hold you accountable. And if they're not on you and holding you to a certain standard, then they're not really doing their job. And so I think you did that so well. And I, I obviously would have ran through a wall with you. And I think that's why we were so successful, like, making it to state. And I think that just shows our team, like, we, no one thought we were probably going to make it there. And so... I think all of us really bought in, and you did really well holding us accountable and pushing us, and that's why we had that result. Well, thank you for the Mm -hmm. kind words. Um, But now you're coaching, and so now you've got to be able to find that way. And I think in this day and age, even more importantly, I mean, I think there was a lot of times when I was playing, you just did what the coach told you to do because the coach told you to do it. And now a lot of times players want to know why and and, and what's the purpose, and they they want to understand why they're doing what they're doing. So you almost have to form that relationship first um, before you can really dive in to coaching them. Have you seen that in your coaching career? Yes. I reflect a lot on how things have changed. And, you know, back then coaches used to yell. And sometimes, like nowadays, I think we have to, you know, like you said, form that relationship and show them you care before you really get on them or else they just think you're picking on them or, you know, and – so just letting them know, like, I care about you and I'm not on you for any other reason besides wanting to see you succeed. And so, yes, I completely agree with that. So that that's perfect. You know, you want them to succeed, right? Am I yes. stating the obvious? Yeah. You you know, because if, if they look good, the team looks good and the coach looks good, right? Right. And so that's one, you know, thing I hope there, there's young athletes listening or even young coaches. I mean, be coachable, people. Be coachable. Be receptive. They have the best intentions. Their delivery may not be your style, but be coachable. What do you think, Amesa, about this love-hate relationship with your coach? I 100% agree with that. Um, you know, I also think that, you know, the good coaches will take find the potential in the kids. I know that on some of the teams at Greenwood that, that I played on, um, everybody had heart, uh, but everybody had a different skill level. And, you know, you can't expect um, – somebody with a lower skill level to outperform somebody with a higher skill level. But you can definitely, and you did, you demanded them to have the potential and to work hard, and, and you tapped into that, and, and you're able to find uh, kind of that winning formula uh, to have everybody working together uh, to essentially do what we did. I think that I love that you bring up that point because there, there, are, there are roles on teams, and everybody is different. And, and you have to be able, coaches, to, to individually get to know your players and what motivates them and how you can coach them. And that takes a lot of effort. Um, but then you also have to be, as a player, got to be receptive to that as well. You've got to accept your role and see what the team needs and be the best at that role that you can possibly be. Um, if, you know, and I think that's something that's really important. That's part of being coachable. Don't you agree? Absolutely. So one of the next ones, overtime rush. The overtime rush. Uh, this is... Uh, I love overtime games um, when, when you win. <laughs> um, on the break, uh, we were Kelsey and I were talking about a triple overtime game for a pink and white trophy that we were talking about that happened a few years ago. And 
Um, you know, if you could bottle up that feeling after winning it, um, I mean, if anybody has been to my website and you see the logo for a coach's perspective on any of my entities, it was after it's it's our hands holding the trophy. And um, that picture right there, um, that was one of the best feelings ever for a team that was not supposed to win to come back and win in triple overtime. So what do you think about that overtime rush in sports? I think it can – it just – it's just so hard to explain unless you're in it. Um, in that particular game, they made a shot the last second, and, and it's one of those things where, oh, we if they would have missed or we, we would have got, you know, the block, we would have not even been in overtime. So I think it just shows, like, okay, they made that shot. It's overtime now, and we just kind of had to choose either feel sorry for ourselves or, you know, beat them in overtime, and I think – it can go both ways, but there's no feeling like it. Like, it's just everything's that much intense and, you know, so it's hard to know unless you're in it. Right. And those um, overtime games, you know, there's there's a lot of pressure on that mm-hmm. extension of the game. Um, but it's also said it's beautiful fuel. I mean, uh, yeah. agree, Amesa? Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, it can be an emotional roller coaster, uh, but I think you really find out what teams and players are, you know, capable of and, and – you know, if, if you're down and the other team makes the the tie, you know, tying shot, then you're like, okay, we've got to figure this out and get it together. Or, you know, you'll tuck your tail in between your legs and, and not. Yeah, so we, yeah. you really do kind of, it's kind of grit that you, you have to dig down deep and find. You can find out a lot about what a team's made of in an overtime game. You really can. A lot of their character and their perseverance. All right, so game day hype is another uh, lesson learned from, from playing um <laughs> Sports and game day hype is something that I think is is um, is not talked about as much. But when you're sitting in class and you know you got a game that night, um, you know, or, or you're walking the halls, or whether it's pregame meal or you're getting on the bus, whatever stage of the day it is, um, that game day hype that's a good feeling, knowing that you're getting ready to go and and play. Absolutely, it. Uh, I had a lot of crazy rituals that even went back <laughs> from the night before watching. You know the the Michael Jordan highlight reels, and then getting the <laughs> yes. you know the 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 Nike sports bra on, and and then like the you know the the Nike socks on, or whatever you know whatever you do, and you know McDonald's pancakes in the morning game day, you know right. carb load appropriately, and uh, yeah, it was uh, the hype is is legit. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I agree. I love the hype, but also I was kind of opposite. I just wanted to get through everything so quickly. I just wanted to play <laughs> that day, like. Yeah. I I feel like on game days, classes just went by so much longer because it's just like I'm only thinking about, you know, what do I need to do later? Or how do I need to prepare? And, you know, but, yeah, it's just because I loved it so much. So I just wanted to hurry up and get there. So Yeah, that, that definitely, uh, I love that game day hype. It, it is. It's like, okay, is it is it time to get on the bus yet? Is it time to, yeah. to go? Uh, or is it time, you know, to to suit up at our own facility? So game day hype is a, a legit thing. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work on and off the court. Um, you learn to work well with others. This is a huge life lesson because, you know, you all, you know, are successful in your professional lives now. And, you know, Mesa, you're in business and, and Kelsey, you're in education. You got to work with people. You got to work with people. You got to be able to know how to communicate with people. You're part of a team. Um, and I think that's something that, that helps as well. It kind of goes back to Mesa, what you were talking about earlier about knowing your role. Absolutely. Um, I think, as a matter of fact, I have this conversation with my kids all the time. Um, you know, you've, you've got to, you know, 
one of my kids will come home and, and be complaining about this or that. And I'm like, well, that's not, you know, it, it happens in real life. It happens as adults. You know, not everybody always does what they're supposed to do. You know, somebody might not block out. Well, you know, somebody might not show up to work or might not do, you may just have to do the best that you can do and, um, you know, pick it up and move it on. Yeah. And, and I think this is something you probably even see, you know, in the classroom. Kelsey, when you're at school um, and you're teaching, I mean, you're part of a staff. Um, that is a team, you know, that has the same kids in different subject areas. And you've got to work together as a team to try and help help all of those students. Yeah, 100%. We always have meetings over, you know, how do you best get to this kid? Because every kid is different. And, yeah, it very much is like a team atmosphere. And then even in class with some of the games I play, like those young kids are learning to work together. And that's what I really have enjoyed about watching them is they are experiencing a lot of what a real basketball game would be like your team lost how are you gonna respond are you gonna cry about it are you gonna say hey we'll win this next game and so I see a lot of that and it's kind of fun to teach them like just because you don't get it this time doesn't mean you don't that's not how you respond and so yeah it's it's just fun I love that I love that you know, in the classroom, if you, as long as you don't get, if you get this concept, great. If you don't, what are you going to do about it? Um, and putting right. it back on them like that. So spoken like a true coach. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, we'll continue with the Mesa Klein line. And we have Kelsey Cleeton here. Um, thank you to Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett, as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on a coach's perspective. Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and this segment sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Give Kelly Grant, Shane Rainey a call, and they will take care of you. Call them at 417-326-7671. We also want to thank West Logging for sponsoring this segment. Go to westlogging.com or find Danny West on Facebook. He'll give you a free consultation. He's going to treat your land like his own. And thanks also to Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. So we're back with the Mesa Klein line and Kelsey Cleeton, and we're talking about lessons that we learned in sports. And oftentimes you'll say, okay, well, duh, yes, of course you learn them. But let's empower ourselves and really discuss some of those lessons and how they parallel to our personal and our professional lives. And we're talking about um, the article that was written by Stephanie Hankemeyer, and she was talking about 25 lessons that only girls grew up that grew up playing basketball know to be true but this really relates to all sports that everybody um, that has participated in sports knows that a lot of these lessons you can relate to so we we talked um, you know about the scars and the coaching and the overtime rush and the game day hype and the teamwork makes the dream work Um, the other one the next one is you broke down every mental block and I think that's something that's really important too is that um Getting over mistakes and having the coping skills uh, when you failed at something or when you when you messed up and being able to persevere and go past that could be, in my opinion, one of the biggest lessons that you learn from sports um, and having that those coping mechanisms. Mesa, yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I look at 
you know, conditioning, the, the mental aspect of, of the conditioning and going, you're wanting to quit. It is awful. <laughs> and it's, and, and all of a sudden you don't die and you keep going and you do it again and you realize, okay, that's not so bad. I, I, I conquered it today. Let's see what tomorrow of hell week brings. And, um, <laughs> and you, you know, you make it work, but I think a lot of that too, early on, you know, when I started playing, um, there wasn't a lot of great opportunities for girls to play uh, with any competition. And so, you know, I played on the boys teams and I remember, at the boys club and in probably the fourth grade, uh, there was a team that refused to play uh, play us because my friends Stephanie and I were on the boys team and they did not want to play play girls. So that kind of fuels, you know, that mental toughness and that, um, you know, you try to tell me that I can't do it and I will. Embarrassing for yeah. them. Yeah, it, it, it turned out to be embarrassing yeah. for them, you know, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it lots of lots of good mental um, life lessons and overcoming you know, the mental toughness there. I think those coping skills are, are something that, that, are, that are vital. I mean, because we've all had frustrating days, you know, in our professional lives, but we keep on going. We problem solve. We try to figure out how we can be better the next day. And, and I think that's a big part of it. Kelsey, you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think she pretty much nailed it. Like, there's obviously going to be games where you don't feel like you do that well, but I think there's always, if you always give your 100%, I feel like you can always look back on that. But you might not shoot very well. You might not have, you know, had the best dribbling or turn it over or whatever. Um, you can always reflect on that and practice and get better and, you know, be better for the next game. And that, like you said, in life, you're not going to have good games or you're going to good days. And you're going to just have to re- reflect and, you know, move on and be better, better. for it, right? Yeah. And, and I also, you know, I think we were talking on the, on the break about one of the things that, that both of you all did um, as, as being part of my teams is visualization before games. And I, I think that, um, you know, my dad, Dr. Tommy Burnett, brought that in at Greenwood, and then I continued it. He did some of it at Hillcrest, and then I continued it at Hillcrest. And to me, that's the number one mental strategy there is because um, I think a lot of times the mental part of the game really boils down to your preparation, um, and visualization is a very powerful tool. Um, but being able to do stuff like that, I think, also gives you a little bit of an edge when you step on the court. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I use that with my kids, uh, you know, when they're on the free throw line. You know, our son, you know, he's 10, he gets on the free throw line, and, and you know, he might get frustrated and practice another day. I'm like, you have to know that you're going to make it. You have to have that, that mental toughness, but have that positive mental, you know, visual imagery that you're going to make it. Practice in your mind before you get up there and shoot it. And, um, you know, it it does help as adults too. I mean, knowing, you know, just tinker around with some, you know, races in adulthood and, uh, you know, there's some definitely middle-aged uh, doubt when you get up to the, the starting line as a middle-aged chubby mom and you're like, wow, I just signed up for a marathon. <laughs> that was dumb. Can I do it? And, uh, you know, you, the stubbornness yeah, and competitive. The, right, right. The, the night before you're like, okay, you can cross the finish line, right. you know, so it, and it you got to give yourself those pep talks as well. Um, you know, I think it's really important for coaches to motivate players, but I think it's also really important for you to tap into that intrinsic motivation. And I think both of you were very good at that. Um, I think that's something that, that kind of sets apart good and great and great and the best is that internal motivation. Um, and Kelsey, I think that's one of the things, you know, in game prep, um, you were, you were, you were a serious player. I mean, and when you wanted to prepare for a game, um, you were thinking about everything. You wanted to read every ounce of the scouting report. And sometimes mm-hmm. coaches give you need-to-know information. You wanted to know every single bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're not prepared mentally, then you, you won't be um, physically. And 
Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, I, I just always, before bed, I would, you know, not dream, but visualize, you know, how the game I in my eyes would go and what I would do well and how I would respond if this didn't go that way or, you know, whatever. And I was always mentally prepared, and I think that's what sets um, some players apart. If you, if you aren't mentally ready for the game, you can't, you know, be your best. Well, you can't so. hide it either. I mean, yeah. it's right. It's out there. If right. you're not ready mentally, then uh, it's it, you definitely will find out soon. All right. The next lesson that, that, that Stephanie talks about in her article is your, your position was your life. Um, you know, knowing what your role was, your position as a guard or post, um, you know, your position, your status on the team. I, I mean, I agree and disagree. I don't know if that was my life. I mean, part of being on a team is accepting your role. And so um, sometimes roles change from year to year. So players um, and athletes and, and coaches, remember that. Sometimes your role is a little bit fluid um, and be receptive to that. Uh, next one was killers, burpees, and get on the baseline. Just hearing those words kind of make your stomach turn a little bit. <laughs> I don't know that it was that traumatic for me as a player. I hope it wasn't that traumatic as... as <laughs> I don't think so. No, you know. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, now that you're coaching Kelsey, and I mean, and I may say you were a personal trainer, so, I mean, you 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 encouraged and motivated people, you know, to do a lot of these activities and tried to not make it traumatic for them. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it was all part of the conditioning to, right. to win, and I wanted to win, so it, I never really looked at that as a bad thing uh, at all. I, I mean, I didn't ever have anybody cheer, like, yeah, we're going to the baseline. <laughs> But, but yeah, still, it's it's part of it. Um, another lesson you you miss. Let's see, low key, you miss uh, running those killers. You kind of miss those things, and and that's the next lesson is not only do you fear them, but you also kind of miss them. Um, but the next one's kind of interesting: the smell of the gym. But everybody, to, to close your eyes unless you're driving, please don't. But think about the smell of your home gym, um, whether it's your high school gym or your college gym. You guys, did you remember? I, I definitely remember the smell in the Greenwood gym and, and the Hillcrest gym. A good smell, but it was a unique one. <laughs> yeah, every gym's got their their own scent yeah. for sure. And, uh, of course, now, you know, with uh, my son playing basketball, a bunch of 10-year-old boys, it has a whole different unique smell to it that's not quite <laughs> quite great so yeah let's talk about uh, febreze <clears throat> and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's... a commercial for febreze so let's talk about the smell of those uniforms oh, boy. Also, and those bags yeah it is awful <laughs> and that gives us the time to give a shout out to kelly cleeton who <laughs> as a yeah. mom was awesome at keeping bags cleaned and oh, uniforms yeah. cleaned and everything yes <laughs> Um, all right, the next lesson is um, we love you, Coach. Um, whenever you see your coach as an adult, um, you truly appreciate all the lessons and the memories. And, and, and I can say that, that I, that's my favorite part of coaching is seeing alumni such as yourselves and being able to have an adult relationship with you as well and to be able to appreciate all the times that we had together. I'm a, I'm quite a bit older, and so um, I believe if my memory serves, your first coaching job was when I was in the seventh grade. That's correct. And so, uh, you know, we I had a maybe a different perspective um, than Kelsey did, just because you were young, you were cool, so we were kind of friends. Did you hear that, Kelsey? I was I mean, cool. Oh, I was cool. At one point, I hope your kids are <laughs> hope your kids are listening right now. Yeah, <clears throat> but I. I didn't appreciate it at the time, um, as I do at, at this point, being a mom and realizing having a family, uh, you know, a husband and kids, how much time that you spent away from them. And, um, I, you know, that that is got to be really, really challenging. 
Um, so I mean, well, I, my, and my kids are laughing now because they're like, "What are you talking about? We grew up on concession stand food." <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're still alive. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, they're fine. I was dragging them every every gym. I think they know every smell of every gym um, in in this area for sure. But it does make a big difference when you have a good relationship. But, but being able to appreciate um, coaches after you graduate, I think, is really important. Also, never having to do it alone. I like this part. Being on a team. Um, the, you know, there's pressure. Both of you had a lot of pressure when you played. I mean, I counted on both of you to to um, run our offense, run our defense, to be that coach on the floor. Um, I think that's really important. But you, you can't do it by yourselves. You had to have your teammates, and you had to motivate your teammates. And I think that um, that was probably one of the, the biggest things that you learn is is in your professional and personal lives. Now you're still cheerleading for a lot of your peers um, and I think that takes a lot of effort as well, and that's something that that you got a lot of practice in. Absolutely, you got to tap into the potential of your your teammates, and, and uh, as a as a guard, especially, I feel like you have to find, you know, what's going to motivate them. What you know, we got to get them involved in the game, and uh, that's when the team wins. That's that is true, and and Kelsey, you can add to that a little bit on, you know, there are times where you were directing traffic, if you will, you know, like mm-hmm. making sure people are in the right spot. Um, and you were directing traffic, and and I think that's something that's really important too, um, because you would also go go over and go. We need you to get this rebound. We need you to make these free throws. We need you. And it was it was your voice was like, I believe in you. You're going to do this, and and I think that's important for people to do. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, as to have a a player that's kind of a coach on the floor, because they're not just hearing it from the coach. Like I, if they would have asked me to do something, I would have done anything for them. So I think we all had that trust and I expected a lot out of them because I cared just as much as you did as a coach. I wanted us all to win. And so just asking them to do their role and showing them that I'll do anything for you if you do anything for me. So it took all of us for sure. And I think that's why we were so successful. It it is. And I think that's something important to be able to believe in your teammates um, and and to express that. And you have to do that in your lives now. You have to be able to to motivate people that you work with. Um, You have to motivate your children. (laughs) And that's that's fun. Basic hygiene for the 10-year-old's heart. So, you know, I'm going to zip through some of these. Forever friendships is one of them. Holy nostalgia, watching games and feeling that um, how you miss the game, the plays. If you remembered some of the plays, I bet even even a Mesa who is slightly older <laughs> than Kelsey, you could probably draw out some of our plays if you really, really had to. Um, your left hand using your non-dominant hand. Um, I think you know, as a former handball player, that was something that was you know always preached. Is it was such a valuable sport because you had to use both sides of your body. Um, your teammates were your family. And you spend all these endless hours. And I think a lot of people that aren't in sports miss out on that element when they're growing up to not have something as to be a part of um, that is a family, but not but not your blood. Um, you know, and I think that's something that's really, really valuable. How do you uh, agree with um, teammates equals family? I completely agree with that. I mean, I look at, uh, you know, the memories. Um, I look back much further I think Kelsey on on those memories, <laughs> um, but but based on my Swiss cheese memory bank, um, you know I I look at not only you know that the conditioning together as a team, um, you know the pregame meals as a team, you know the run into the Bears game before or the Bears den to get you know snacks before you know a game, but I look at the the trips that you took us to Arkansas, you know, and um, 
you know, I mean, those team building type of, of weekends and, and, you know, running through the, the hills. <laughs> it's like the sound of music right now. Right. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's all, it all works. And those are just as impressionable on me as, you know, the game itself. I was going to mention that we went to Arkansas, too, as a team. And, you know, I forget some games we played, but I never forget those type of things. Like those trips and, you know, summer camps and all those, you don't really forget those. Like you might forget some games. And so I'll never forget who I played with. And, you know, it sticks way more than some of the games do. And you're protective of your teammates. Right. I mean, if somebody's getting, you know, getting bullied on you, you need yeah, to put a they, stop to it. They got you know back I mean? up. Yeah, they, yeah. they do. And so that, that's a – it's absolutely a family. Yeah, you got to look after each other. I think that's really important. Um, some other lessons mentioned in the article, the pump-up music. Got to love the pump-up music. 90s uh, rap. I am <laughs> the tiger. I am the tiger. <laughs> yes, uh, all of the songs from the Rocky Balboa <laughs> movie series, especially I am the tiger. Um, medals and trophies. Yes, we're proud of those, but I can't, you know, we're very proud of putting trophies over our head and getting medals around our necks, but, but it was a lot of the times those memories and that time that we spent together and what are the culture of our team was that was really important. Um, I, I definitely, I don't, I don't know if this is a phrase that's even used anymore, but, um, tomboy phase, you know, <laughs> both of you, I would consider tomboys, you know, you grew up playing against boys and, um, that helped your game. Um, it was something, you know, you, you definitely enjoyed, um, your number, how your number was very important to you. Um, I don't remember that being a huge thing, but um, I do remember that uh, a lot of players would come in and go, I've got to have this number. And I would say, right. I would say, the wand picks the wizard, Mr. Potter. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, I, but I know that numbers are very important as well. Um, another lesson is that uh, parents need to chill. Um, I, I can't say that. <laughs> Rick and Pam Jay, <laughs> great sports parents. Uh, they, they just, they released to the game. Um, you know, Pam took a lot of pictures and captured a lot of our memories. Sure did. Your dad, Rick, an athlete himself, was, was just in tune. He was just like, it's, this is your journey. They were perfect sport parents. And I, I can use the same word for Ed and Kelly Clayton. Um, just great, supportive. Um, they knew that it was your journey. They didn't try to live through you. Um, they knew that they wanted the best for you all. So what what would you say about um, sports parents? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I think we all have those examples yeah. as children, uh, you know, of the parents that are just super embarrassing. And, boy, am I going <clears> to <throat> have a lot of people commenting on this statement because uh, <laughs> now as my children are, are playing, they're 12 and 10, and it is, uh, it's better watching them play than it, even the, the rush that I had when, as a, you know, as a player myself. But – Watching them, I really have high blood pressure <laughs> when I watch those games. <clears throat> so it's um, I, I have to continually remind myself, like, okay, Amesa, shut up. It, you're just <laughs> you're just, and it's always encouraging, right. always encouraging. But uh, I'm probably the loudest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, yeah. That is good. That is not good. proud of it, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, and you had good role models. Um, you know, I'm sure that um, as calm as Rick was, there were times where inside he was, you know, wanting to um, maybe voice something, but he didn't. He was always very calm, cool, and collected. Yes, he was. See, that's just yeah. kind of his personality and demeanor. Yes, so he's, uh, definitely. Great role model. And, and Kelsey, shout out to your parents as well. Great mm-hmm. sports parents. Yes, yes. I was very blessed that way. And being a coach now, it's it's so hard to watch sometimes and to know, like, these kids are going home and the parents are upset about how they play and 
it's just so sad. I I wish they knew how much of a a part they have in their kids' experience, and if they, if it's going to be positive or negative. And I saw a thing on Facebook the other day, and they were saying, "What should a parent say to a kid after a game?" And it was just so fun um, reading through the comments. And I think the best one is just saying, "I love watching you play, no matter if it's yeah, good or bad." Yeah, that's good. And so I think that's just a big part. Parenting has so much to do with how your kid likes the sport or if they don't. So Well said. Well said. I, I definitely agreed watching uh, my children, Haley, Joe, and Hayden. I, I just love watching them play. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley, Joe wanted to add to this list. She said, who knew that pre-wrap could be fashionable? <laughs> Some of you will, will get that. And then she loved her one-liners from her coach. Uh, she remembers a lot of those. And so a lot of memories when you're growing up and, and you're going through a lot of this. Um, socks was another thing. Um, there's, mm-hmm. you know, home games. Um, and, of course, you know, we just talked about your future, your kids playing. But thank you all so much for not just being fantastic players to coach. Um, it was a total joy to coach you all, and I, I thank you very much. Thanks for being on the show, well, Amisa. thank you. I appreciate it. it was, it's been fun. Thank yeah, you, Kelsey. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I didn't miss even, you. I didn't even make them do any push-ups or anything. Like yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to move into our post-game talk, sponsored by Story Construction. Go to story, dot com for more information. For our post-game talk, you know, we talk often on this show about how life parallels sports and how the lessons we learn from sports can assist us in being successful in our professional and personal lives. My guest this week made me look like an intelligent coach, and I will forever be grateful for that. But their hard work had its rewards, and both are successful in their professional and personal lives. So your challenge this week is label those lessons. Label those lessons. What did you learn from sports? And how are you applying them? Empower yourself by putting a list right in front of you and sharing it with others. Because that's how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.